The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? It is good to be back with you. It's freezing cold on the East Coast. Like you and I have said this on the show plenty of times before. We are we're we're not fans of the cold. Oh, I hate being cold. Um, I totally hate being cold. No, no, I hate. Yes. I no, I loathe being cold. I am with you, and and I understand that for you, you know, it, it's natural. You know, you from Barbados. You you're an island boy. Mm-hmm. I'm born and raised right here in the Philadelphia area. Uh, I've not, never no, don't get been, me wrong. I grew, I grew up over here too. Yeah, but, but what I'm know, saying, I've never, home for me. I've never been to Barbados. <laughs> never been to Jamaica. Never been, to, you know, to Puerto Rico. And, you know, I, n- never. Okay. But I feel like I got that. And I, I, I'm, I don't really have a lot of island blood in me. Like my, my grandparents is they from Philly too. And see, I'm you sitting know. here with a Jamaican import in my hair yeah, right now. Yeah, just hit the stateside last night. Mm, see, that, that's what's up. But I feel like I, 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 I'm, I'm in kindred spirit with you because I loathe the cold as well. Cannot st- I give me a hot day anytime over this. Why anyone likes the cold? I, I don't know. I, I looked outside, like, like probably. Maybe one like saving grace is when it's cold. You know, you can break the Tims out. But me, you know, this is we from Philly. Dudes in Philly wear Tims in the, all, in the, the shorts in the, in the summer. Exactly. You know, dudes from Philly wear Tims all year round. Mm-hmm. It's not like people put their Tims away when the weather gets warm. No, you just go get your new. Tims. You just go exactly. The, you go get your summer Tims. The weather gets warm. You pull out your butters and, yeah. you, and your quarter cut. Yeah, but you still got your but Tims. You got on. your Tims on. Yeah, for real. But oh my goodness, this weather is crazy. But still, a lot of sports to talk about. We haven't, you know, we haven't uh, been able to do a show the in thing a couple about, of weeks. That's the thing with this time of year: the mm-hmm. weather gets cold, but the sports get hot. Sports get hot. Football, basketball, going on. College basketball finally started. Oh man! Before we get into it, yo, I gotta ask you about this. Okay. I know this wasn't on our list of things to talk about, mm-hmm. but I have to ask you about this. Okay. What do you make of what's going on with the Houston Astros? Are, are you up on this story? No, no, no. So no, 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 make, make, yeah. the Houston Astros mm. have been accused by a former member of the Houston Astros of stealing signs. But now hold on. The, the, now let's get some details. Okay. Because stealing signs is something that happens all the time, all the time. in baseball. Mm, yeah. But – they weren't just the typical, I'm at second base, so I'm looking to see what the catcher is signaling to the pitcher. No. Mm. There is a center field camera which was relaying to video and a monitor in the in the hallway by the dugout, and at, at which point there was someone there who would beat on a drum once for slider, twice for curveball if the pitch was going to be an off-side pitch. So they're using technology mm. to cheat. And then I saw this, some statistics today where there were six players who had noticeably different batting averages, slugging percentages, and all these different metrics 
were significantly two to three times higher at home when they have this advantage than they were on the road. I got see, I got, I, I got, I got to learn a little bit more about this because this sounds kind of, it sounds kind of crazy because I'm, I'm, as much as I like baseball, I feel like when people start getting into those unwritten rules and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that's when I kind of, I, I want to tune it out. But using cameras to but steal yeah, signs. Yeah, this might be going too far, though. And and the story broke because I believe it was a, pitch, a former pitcher, but I, I'm not sure exactly if it was a pitcher, but it was a former Astros player who went to a different organization and let his let people let know because know. he wanted people to be like, well, look, we're going to play in Houston. You need to be aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And from there, the story, gets, now it's news. So dude out here snitching, too. I mean, no, but I'm, I'm but joking. See that, but yeah. that's the thing. It's not snitching when it's I'm just, yeah. but for him, it's not even whistleblowing. Mm-hmm. It's I'm trying to help my team win. Yeah. That's his job. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm letting my teammates know, be look out for this mm-hmm. and be prepared for this because they're in there videotaping your signals when you're pitching. And so they know what pitch is coming, if it's off speed, if it's the slider, if it's the curveball, or if it's the heater coming, they know. If I don't have to guess, I know what pitch is coming. Mm-hmm. That there's a reason my batting average goes from 176 on the road to four something at home. It's got to like I, I, you, I saw you, a number you, of differences like that. Nah, that's crazy. I think honestly, that's got to be something. It's going to be hefty fines, hefty fines for the organization. Now the thing about it is, it's and, not like it's not like like football or basketball where i would say if something like this happens you take away draft picks mm-hmm. because the you know major league the major league draft is so much different and, than and it's so long before those players yeah, even enter the yeah, major leagues exactly. if they ever exactly. enter the major you, leagues I mean, like, and if they do what are the chances it's in yeah. your organization that they actually make it to the because majors and, and there's so many there's so many different ways around it it's like look if you have a good international scouting uh department you know, mm-hmm. you can go find some kids overseas, you know, go to South America, go to Latin, Latin America and find some young boys, draft them or, or 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 even sign them because they don't even have to. Unlike the NBA, where foreign players have to go through the draft process. And it's not you know. like it's the NCAA where you can say we're going to vacate your wins, vacate your championship. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Houston Astros won a World Series while this was going on. Mm-hmm. We're not going to vacate a World Series, no. but. Guys like Jose Altuve have clear differences in their numbers between their home splits and their away splits. And they're when looking at their statistics at the plate. So this is my thing. All right. So this is the question I want to post you as you bring this up. Mm-hmm. Right now, there is there is a huge mental asterisk around players like Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa. Mm-hmm. There are people who, in my in my mind, well, I, I don't want to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, pe- people. I mean, there are people now, and 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 honestly, t- to me, that's probably one of the biggest problems I have with major league base, the major league baseball Hall of Fame. Whereas, like, I feel like those writers always want to stay on their moral soapbox and use their votes as their way to you know, right whatever wrong they feel is there. But my question is, do you now, 
when the time comes when you're starting to judge those players on the Astros on their career. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about Altuve, talking about Verlander, you know, talking about guys, talking about guys like that. When they're at the end of their career, are you going to hold them to the same, you know, to are you going to hold them in, in, in the same respect that you would hold a Sammy Sosa, uh, Mark McGuire, or Barry Bonds? Because there are people there who say, you know, they'll never vote those guys into the Hall of Fame. Are you putting them in the same? Do you look at them the same way you look at Pete Rose? And for me, mm-hmm. well, Pete Rose is a completely different category. Mm-hmm. Because okay. Pete Rose, as far as we know, never cheated. Mm-hmm. He played to win every game. Yeah. So for Pete Rose, that's a different category. Mm-hmm. Pete Rose absolutely belongs in the Hall of Fame to mm-hmm. me. Okay. His performance on the field, on the diamond, was... One of the greatest was, of all time. Absolutely. That's the only way you could say it. I was trying to think of some nice, cute way to say yeah. it. But no, he's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. And... What he did, while it violated the rules of the game, Mm -hmm. I don't think it violated the spirit of the game. If Floyd Mayweather has a fight on Saturday night in Vegas and he bets an extra $50 on himself that he's going to win the fight, nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he does it fairly regularly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know I'm going to take this guy out. I'm telling you I'm going to take this guy out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go bet, put an extra bet $50 million on yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. So when, when I get paid, I'll get extra paid. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I expect every athlete to believe well, they're going to win. Because it wasn't like Pete Rose was betting on the Reds to lose. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, th- and that is my point. Mm-hmm. He wasn't betting on the Reds to lose. And he was going out there. He's known for being the hardest hustling guy, the hardest working guy mm-hmm. on the on the game in the game every time. So from that aspect, I'd say Pete Rose is different. But, but when compared to I, like mm-hmm. Sosa and Bonds and McGuire mm-hmm. and the cork bat guys and the PED guys, mm-hmm. it absolutely is a similar asterisk to me. Because now and you may have heard me say this before. I don't necessarily think baseball is the hardest sport to play, mm-hmm. but I do think the hardest thing to do in sports is to hit major league pitching. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is because that ball moves and you don't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. But when I know what's coming, that gets a whole lot easier. I think a lot of what you you've heard it over the years when you've talked when we've talked about especially hitters who have used performance enhancing drugs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make the, like Barry Bonds. He is, was a great player. He was a great player, but that. Barry Bonds used whatever cream they put on his muscles didn't improve his hand-eye coordination. It exactly. didn't improve his his timing. Exactly. It didn't improve his ability to read a pitch and see the spin on the ball and know if it's a breaking ball or a fastball. Didn't ball. make him a smarter person. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is a baseball genius. Exactly. Barry Bonds is a baseball genius, and you can sit there say whatever you want about Barry Bonds, but you can go on YouTube, you know, any yeah. video service, and just watch. Barry Bonds at bats, and you will see the you know Barry Bonds was a genius. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, as as many times you know, you think of yes, he was intentionally walked a lot, but but Barry Bonds worked a lot of. He would take. Oh, I'm not swinging it. Uh, and yeah, that, and that was that's a. Good, I'm glad you brought that one up. No steroid is going to affect my brain where I say, okay, take that pitch. Mm-hmm. 
from, from all due reports, steroids are supposed to make you overly aggressive and less able to control yourself where you think a guy might go out there wanting to swing away at everything mm -hmm. and destroy the baseball. Barry Bonds, he had complete, perfect plate discipline. Mm -hmm. And when he did decide to swing, he was going to make good, solid contact on the sweet spot, mm -hmm. I'd say, seven out of ten times. He's putting the ball in play. Yeah. He's putting the, he's putting the ball in play. You, like, how many times you ever see – how many times you ever see somebody put the, uh, but, you know, but like trying to? How do you try? How do you defend Barry Bonds? But, see, but he was a great player before, before anything else. It, he was already a great player. You're not gonna, you're not, you're not gonna shift on. You know, people weren't putting the shift in for Barry Bonds. There was no shift. You can't, you can't shift anything. Like the the outfield wall will not let me shift to 500 feet back. There, that shift doesn't that, exist yet. But that's but that's just the point. There's like to you know, you shift on Barry Bonds. He's putting it where he's going to put that. He would put that ball where you're not. Like he really could put the ball wherever he wanted. He was a true hitter. And but steroids didn't do that. Steroids did not do that. But if you show me a guy has a 178 batting average on the road when he doesn't know what's coming. And you show me that he has a 470 batting average at home when you are telling him what's coming. That absolutely is making him a better hitter, in my opinion. So if we're talking about asterisks next to things. People want to say, well, stealing signs is no big deal. Now, I have video evidence, a relay system, and guys in the tunnel who aren't supposed to be there beating on, beating on drums to let me know what's coming. This is not baseball. If we're out there and you're giving you all your multiple multiple hand signals, grabbing this and pulling that, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to figure out what it is on the fly and then react when the pitch is coming, more power to me. Mm -hmm. But if I have somebody who's not in the game definitively telling me what's coming because they're using technology to steal signals that's not part of the game, mm -hmm. I have a problem with it. I wish this was the NCAA so we could vacate wins on this one. Like, this one bothers me. So you, you, you would vacate like if you could, if you could, if you were absolutely okay. You're vacating that championship. Absolutely, if I could. This one bothers me. This bothers me more than most cheating things. Mm. Like if it's guys on the court or guys on the field trying to take advantage of the rules with the thing, the tools that everybody has, more mm. power to them. When you go outside of that, like. This this is the reason people had a big de thought Bill Belichick videotaping practices was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Everybody all game long in every football game hears audible calls and sees signals, and you want to try to figure out what they are. This is why you always see coaches with their um, play sheets over their mouths mm -hmm. so nobody can read their lips yeah. when, on when, all that when, stuff. When you see when you see mound visits, but, what are the catch? What's the catcher and the pitcher doing? Using mm -hmm. the glove, covering their mouth. Exactly. Yep. But when you see Bill Belichick accused of having a video camera in somebody's practice to steal the signals, mm -hmm. it's a completely different offense. Yeah, yeah. This goes into that type of category. It's crossing the line. Where we're, we're, we're outside of the bounds here. We've go, we went yep. too far. You know? Agreed. You might, have, you might as well have put your muddy boots in my couch at this point. No, I understand, you know? I understand man. Straight. Rick like, James, your couch, man. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, my, yeah. my, my couch. You know, that's that's how I, that's yeah. what I feel like you did when you do that. Mm -hmm. 
you had no regard for me, the game, the competition, anything. You mm -hmm. just, I'm going to take this trophy and go home now. I agree. So I agree. that bothers me. But other than that, it's been a good week. Oh. I hear you. I hear you. All right, look, you, I know you want to uh, switch to basketball. We definitely got to get into some basketball. Okay. All right, I got a question for you. All right, let's do it. I have a question for you. When was the last time a team won a championship, won their first championship, where early in the season you thought this team could win it all? Now, I'm not talking about teams that, that have repeated. You when know, their your first back championship. When they won their first championship. Like, at like, the start case, of the season, the start, I thought like, they could win it all. Yeah, case in point. 10, 15 games into the season. Did you think Toronto could win it all last year? No, but that was a health thing. Okay. Had I known Kevin Durant was going to be unavailable in the finals, that changes my evaluations of everything. Okay. But but going into last season, with the Warriors being healthy, mm -hmm. you're not thinking about anybody but the Warriors winning a title. Mm -hmm. And I still believe that do they if they yeah. stay fully healthy that doesn't change. Yeah, but and, and even but and e even when you were thinking I about will teams say this. that could could I, hang with the Golden Warriors. State, I thought they could win when they hired Steve Kerr. Really, okay. I did think they could win. Okay, okay. Steve Kerr, I my gut told me was going to be a great coach. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people think, oh, anybody could coach that team. They could do no. Mark Jackson couldn't. Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, mm -hmm. I, I love him as a commentator. Mm -hmm. Didn't like him as a coach. I didn't necessarily like him as a point guard. Mm. He was a great passer. His mm. vision was good, mm -hmm. but his style of play was a lot of slowdown, 1-4, ISO, I got the ball in my hands a lot, mm -hmm. and it doesn't lead to a good offensive flow. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at the way he coached Steph Curry in Golden State, he had Steph Curry running a lot of 1-4, type of point guard where the ball was in his hands a lot off the dribble rather than ball movement and catch and shoot the things that Steve Kerr's offense is known for and he put up solid numbers and you could see he the shooting abilities that he and Clay possessed but their turnover numbers were ridiculous mm. their half court execution just didn't look the same you when it was time to get a bucket, you're wondering, okay, well, I know Steph is good and Clay mm -hmm. can shoot, but where are they really going to get a bucket from? Mm -hmm. Then Steve Kerr comes in and puts in this offense, and it opens up everything for everyone, and the league has not been the same. And in my opinion, the entire league is much better for it now. Mm -hmm. Agree. I feel like maybe Miami, because it was LeBron at the time, when they won their first championship, now, granted, they lost the year before, mm -hmm. but they came back, and you thought, well, okay, maybe with the year playing together, a couple roster tweaks, this team could get back and they could win. But yeah, now, my, Miami, I can't really call that one a surprise. Yeah, yeah. That that team was built to win championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but that's, most that's people, my point. Most people were surprised. Now, Dallas yes, uh, is a surprise. Yes, yes. At the beginning of at the beginning of the season, when you at the beginning of that season, when you knew that Miami was loaded for bear, mm -hmm. were you thinking about Dallas? 
Now, I have to give you a two-part answer to that question. I did not expect Miami to win the championship that year. Mm -hmm. But I was not expecting Dallas. Okay. So when Miami put that team together and I looked at all their styles of play and everything, I said, yeah, this team is going to win multiple championships, but not in not year this, one. Not in year one. Okay, I say all this because but, – But Dallas, they were a complete surprise. I say all this, and this is loosely – I'm tying this loosely into our hometown team, the mm-hmm. Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. Because they've, they, they've had some of the – they've had some struggles. They're 7-3, and three, but they've had some struggles. Haven't necessarily looked – all that great they've had some moments but they haven't looked all that great this season there are some flaws there are definitely some flaws there's some shortcomings some players not playing to potential but a lot of people are saying hey this just does not look like a championship team and to an extent you know I'm not I don't dispute that can I hop in right there? Well, well let, let me finish my point, and I'll let you hop in. Because you see the look on my face. Yes. When you when you said those words, it, you, you see the look on my face. What a lot of people. Mm, it, what a lot of people are saying. Mm-hmm. My whole my thing is, I'm not. I didn't crown them, you know, champions to be. I think there there are expectations. I think they're fair expectations. I think but, they're the favorites to come out of the East, mm-hmm. which is a fair, a fair and realistic expectation. Mm-hmm. Considering the East and legitimate contenders in the mm-hmm. East, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston. Mm-hmm. How can you not? If you have mm-hmm. three teams that are really based on roster, talent, experience, mm-hmm. legitimate threats to come out your conference, and mm-hmm. you're one of those three teams, how can you say that? an Eastern Conference championship is an unrealistic expectation. Agree. Agree. I guess, like I said, a lot of people are now saying, oh, this, this guy, these guys don't look like a championship team. And I, and you, you be naive not to notice their struggles. But my question is, what are the, like, like what, I, what are their struggles? struggles? Maybe, maybe I'm naive. What are their struggles? Struggling to shoot the ball. Are Pers- they? Yeah, I think so. Define struggling. Were you expecting this to come out and be a three-point shooting team? No, no, but they still. Is this, that's not how this team is built to play. No, this team's not built to play. But they still need guys that they can hit jump. They can they can consistent. Can, they still need guys that can consistently hit jumpers. They do, but. I'm just asking by when you say struggling, looking at the how what this team mm-hmm. was designed to do, how this team was built to function. Mm-hmm. You're not, ex- I'm not expecting a team coming out and running up and down the court playing Golden State basketball no. shooting three. No. That's not no, what I'm no, expecting no, no. at all. No, not at all. But I think is it safe to? I'm sorry, I got distracted. You, you know, you drinking that and that. <laughs> Got the look, man. Jonesy got the red cup in full effect right now, and and it hey, smells man. good, man. There's always more. Look, we might have to take a break, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I get my my thing is you. Have you heard a lot of the criticism, the criticism of the Philadelphia 76ers? Mm-hmm. I have, and, and there's only one of them I think is legitimate. Okay, and what is that? 
the turnover problem. Okay. The, the turnover problem is a real issue. Mm-hmm. And people are wondering why they're turning it over. The reason they're turning it over also, to me, seems fairly obvious. Okay. Turnovers are usually based on one of two things. Inadequate ball handling, which is not the Sixers' problem. Mm-hmm. They have skilled ball handlers. The other thing is inadequate spacing. That is a big problem. Mm-hmm. If the person at the top of the key, primary ball handler, whose job is to run the offense and make sure everyone is in the right place and I maintain proper spacing, if that person is unable to do their own part in maintaining spacing by keeping the defense honest, the defense is now in a pers- in a position where they can sag, rotate, double team, hop passing lanes and things like that, and your turnovers are going to go up. Poor spacing will lead to turnovers every time. So for me, I don't think it's so much about I need a lot more shooters. Mm -hmm. I think there's one guy specifically who at some point needs to realize either I have to be willing to shoot because of the position I'm playing or – like, I understand my skill set and all this, and I can get to the rim whenever I want. You want to do that, get off the ball. But because of the position you're playing, you either have to take that jump shot, be willing to take it just for the sheer fact of keeping the defense honest and in proper position, you have to take that shot sometimes. Or you find another, or you find somebody else to play the point and move him to a different position on the court so he's not at, affecting the spacing in that manner. At Those what, are your two options. Okay. Where are you? Where Where are you on your things? Got to change. Like, like where are you with that? Are you? Do you still believe that the player in in, in question mm-hmm. can do can run the point, or are you at the point where you know what? It's time to get him off the ball. He's physically capable. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely physically capable. He has has the ability to do it at a very, very, very high level. And if I were the coach, my first instinct would be give this kid every opportunity to, to do it because if he does do it, what if he ever does have that light come on mm-hmm. where he begins to do that one extra thing, mm-hmm. he's one of the three or four best players in the league. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do with them at that point. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not, this isn't saying you have to be, you know, 50% from three. I'm not asking you to be Ray Allen and Reggie Miller, mm-hmm. J.J. Redick and Steve Kerr. I'm not asking you to be any of these guys that shoot high, shoot for high percentage and all that. Just enough to keep the defense honest. Mm-hmm. If I can keep him within three feet of me instead of backing up eight feet, that that's an extra five feet of space where Embiid has extra two steps of room to turn and make the room, make his move before the double team gets there. Or that's an extra three, four feet on the baseline the guy cutting from the corner has to make that dive for the pass to get there instead of defender sitting back saying, nope, I can get that pass. Those are the little things where it's not even so much that you have to be out there taking six, seven, eight, nine jump shots a game. 
I can I can still not take jump shots in a game. But the defense has to know that if they leave me, I'm willing to shoot it. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it is. And that brings – well, I guess that brings me back to my point. Whereas – this com- this conversation started with the criticism and the observations of Monk, some that the Philadelphia 76ers do not look like a championship team. Now it's we're still talking ten games into the season, mm-hmm. not even a month, uh, uh, not maybe a little over a full month into the season. Mm-hmm. And my question was, okay, I well, I guess my issue is, I understand the criticism. I understand the observations. Uh-huh. But my question is, my question to you, when was it when was the last time a championship team truly looked like a championship team early in the season? Ten games into the season. We're still ten Miami. games in the season. Miami. Exactly. But, but but Miami was a team was a quote-unquote super team mm-hmm. built to do nothing but win championships. But that's, to your point, by far the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Think about in that different sport, but it Eagles' first championship. At the beginning of that year, nobody was thinking Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. No one in Philadelphia was truly thinking Super Bowl. They were thinking what it was what seven and nine Carson's rookie year. Mm-hmm. Saw saw some signs from him. You bring in Alshon, a couple people, a couple other pieces on defense, mm-hmm. and you're hoping maybe we'll get to the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Wentz can win a playoff game. You know, we see some development, and we fans would have been happy with that if you won the division. Maybe got a playoff win. At, to tell the fans at the beginning of the year that's what the year would have been like, what they looked like through the first two, three weeks even. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, the first two weeks they were, what, one and one that year? Yep, yep. One week one and then lost week two. Mm-hmm. And, a, com- and there were um, people ready to fire Doug Peterson week two. At, almost completely year. abandoned the run and lots of other things. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I mean. In week two of that season, people were talking about fire the coach, this team can't get it done. And then by the end of the year, let's build statues to everybody. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree, agree. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I guess so. My, so my, I brought my up the is, well. My, I brought up the Eagles just mm-hmm. to your point that that transcends just basketball, and that's a thing that happens in sports in general. What a team looks like at the beginning of the year is not really what matters at all. Yeah. I just think that as as we are talking about basketball and and we'll shift this and we'll shift this conversation into the broader sense because we're talking about basketball now a month into the season. Mm-hmm. And there are people ready to write off the Philadelphia 76ers. I think that's too early. All right. So here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. And now as we as we start to turn the corner, we could spread this conversation get into a little more than the around the league than just the Sixers, mm-hmm. but I'll start it with this question. Given the deficiencies and things that people are saying the Sixers have, who do you think in the Eastern Conference is really built to take advantage of those so-called flaws? I think that remains to be seen because it's like we're t- we're talking about the we're talking about deficiencies ten games into a season. Let's see. Hold on. Let's see. Now, I'm usually the guy who says, "Let's be patient. Let's wait and mm-hmm. see." That's not you. 
That's no. not what I'm asking for. No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm asking for based on what you see right now, as is how teams are constructed. Well, I, I Bo- would, you got hmm. Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee, Indiana. Well, I think well that's Charlotte. the whole, that's the whole nature of this conversation though, because it's like we're talking about we're talking about an assessment that's being made on a team ten games into the season, mm-hmm. and it's like we've talked in our basketball conversation in our basketball in our basketball conversations we've talked about how wide open the East is this year. So I'm not sure yet who can capitalize. I'm not convinced that it can be Milwaukee. I'm not convinced that it can be Toronto. I'm not convinced that it can be Boston. And right now I'm not sure who else there is in the East right in the East right now. And, and because that, once and again, com- we're talking ten games into the but, season. But also and this is one thing that is probably more true about basketball than any other sport, you can tell early when teams are not built to get it done. You might not always know when a team is built to get it done, but you have a clue. Like, this team's going to be in the mix. But when a team's not built to get it done, you know. New York Knicks, not getting it done. Charlotte Hornets, not getting it done. Atlanta Hawks, not a championship team. You know, I – I can keep going naming teams. Miami Heat, not a championship team. Mm-hmm. Orlando Magic, not a championship team. You know, I can go through the East and rule teams out. Washington Wizards, not a championship team. Okay, right now, let's let's. I mean, once again, ten games into the season. Mm-hmm. Let's let's play a little game that we play on Best in the World a lot. We gonna call we call it full real or full fake. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw out a team. You tell me if you think they're for real or they faux fake. All right. Okay. Boston Celtics eight and one right now. Can I have a timeout? Okay. I need a timeout. All right. For the sake of clarification, mm-hmm. does real mean they're a playoff team or a legit threat to make? to the we'll finals. Keep, we'll keep it in the context of this conversation. We talked about so, the, we're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers so, and their flaws. Teams good enough to uh, the, the good enough to capitalize on the Sixers early season flaws as as constructed. As constructed. All as right. currently constructed. Boston Celtics. Yes. No. All right, Miami Heat 7 and 3. No. Milwaukee no. Bucks. Toronto Raptors. Okay, timeout. Okay. Milwaukee maybe. Okay. Right now in the East, as of Wednesday, mm-hmm. Milwaukee seven and three. That's that's uh, probably your best bet. Miami seventy three, Miami, Milwaukee, Philly, Toronto, all seven and three. The Pacers are seven and four. Mm-hmm. Of those teams, I think Milwaukee's your best bet. Boston is a distant second, mm-hmm. and Indiana, Toronto. Not really built to get it done. Mm-hmm. Toronto's a nice story. It's good to see they're still winning regular season games. Mm-hmm. But Siakam playing. Uh, Siakam continues to improve, mm-hmm. but no Kawhi. They're, talk, they're talking. I mean, you don't even have DeRozan anymore, mm-hmm. who you traded to get Kawhi. Mm-hmm. It's there's a ceiling, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure it reaches the full eight feet with that team. Okay, all right. Well. He, at the bottom of the East, you got Charlotte and Cleveland. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Exactly. Atlanta's on the outside looking in right now. Detroit, no. Chicago, no. Brooklyn, no. You see what I mean? Yeah. So when I ask you the question, who in the East is really built to take advantage of these quote-unquote flaws the Sixers have mm-hmm. to in a seven-game series that would make you say they're not a team that can get to the championship, mm-hmm. you've got two teams. If there are only two teams that are even real, true threats right now as is, and one of them, because of a lack of an inside presence, I feel will honestly get dominated defensively and on the boards okay, in Boston. On Boston, okay. And it'll be tough for them to compete. So the way these teams are built, and that's the other that's the key part of my question. The mm-hmm. way these teams are built, who's really built to do it? Mm-hmm. Milwaukee possibly has the pieces. I don't know. Boston, they have to have some real, real great performances from some mm-hmm. unexpected places. Unexpected places, and they just lost Gordon Hayward mm-hmm. for uh, for an extended period, extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Wh- and he was playing very well to start this year. Mm-hmm. Who and knows where he'll be this, after an extended? And this absence. is not the same Boston team that flourished as Hayward and Irving were on the uh, bench a couple of years ago. You don't have Al Horford to run the offense through. No Al Horford, no Terry Rozier. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, that, this again goes back to my point. If we're talking about mm-hmm. the East right now, mm-hmm. the Sixers are still my favorite. Okay. And, and that's flaws and all. It, if you also, if anyone was remember, mm-hmm. remember listening, I don't know why you, I mean, of course you, you know, you want to listen to me again and again the more you hear. Yeah, yeah. But, so I know I don't ahead, know why Pat, you wouldn't ahead, be. Don't, I don't, don't know why you wouldn't be listening. Don't don't sprain your shoulder patting yourself in the back <laughs> like that. But it's but, all good. But I, what I remember saying to you was my preseason prediction was Sixers and Clippers in the finals and Clippers winning it all. Mm-hmm. I my initial thought was not that the Sixers would be ready to win it all this year as is as constructed. Mm-hmm. But I do think and I still think. I did and do still think that they are built to get out of the East. Okay. Two quick questions before we move to the West. Okay. First, Sixers related. If you're the Sixers, do you kick the tires on Jamal Crawford? If I was the Sixers, I would have done that three months ago. Okay. I absolutely think the, okay. a, a veteran who knows how to get buckets and can do- knock down consistently the open shot, comfortable coming off the bench and playing his role, yeah. I, I, okay. All right. Second, and, and I'm I'm using this to pivot to the West. If you're the Houston Rockets, do you go try and get Kevin Love? Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that name. Mm-hmm. Figure Cleveland's I, going nowhere. Needs to rebuild. Needs some. You know. Needs some. Things. I don't know how you make that work financially. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm, I'm you know. Now, if Kevin Love were to get bought out, yeah, I'd want him. Mm-hmm. But if Kevin Love were to get bought out, there's probably a lot of teams that would want him. Mm-hmm. P- Boston would probably would love to get Kevin Love if he were to get bought out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but would I get Kevin Love if I'm Houston? Houston. Assuming I could find a way to make it financially work, Mm-hmm. I'm interested. That being said, I don't think that makes 
that team the favorite to come out the West. Okay. Makes them better than what they are. Absolutely. Okay. He'd definitely be an upgrade of talent. He is a good rebounder, great passer, solid shooter. He's he makes any team better. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, now we're now we're in the West. Houston sits at seven and three. Middle of the pack right now. Right now on top of the Western Conference is your man LeBron in the in the Los Angeles Lakers. I say your man because I just like to needle you. You don't even really have beef with LeBron. I have but, no beef with yeah, LeBron. Yeah, I, I know. I just I'm just being a jerk. Mm-hmm. But but you know if LeBron isn't the best thing ever, then you're a hater. Yeah, it's true. And true, I have true. him at number two, so mm-hmm. I guess well, that uh, makes me a hater. Well, here, here's the problem. There's no winning that argument. If 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 you don't have LeBron as the best ever, you're a hater. And if you think LeBron is greatest player of this generation, mm-hmm. you you're you're a, a mindless sheep. He he is the best player of his generation. Mm-hmm. That, I don't really see that as being debatable. No, whether I, or not LeBron I, I, is the best I, player I, I, of his generation. No matter where, no matter where you fall in the LeBron category, the other side thinks you're over the top. That's 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 just the way it goes in a LeBron conversation. If you think he's great, you're giving him too much credit. If you think he's terrible, you're a hater. That, that is true. Mm-hmm. But but but, none, but nonetheless, they are they are at the top of the West. So, I mean, we're talking about we're. I mean, we're conversation is the NBA at the month at almost month mm-hmm. point. You surprised? No, nah, it's November. Okay. Behind them is Utah, eight and three. Mm-hmm. You surprised? No. Nah. Who? Oh, Utah oh. and Denver, I, I think, are going to win a lot of regular season games. Okay. The Le- L.A. Lakers are still at this point in the year fresh and healthy. Okay. LeBron is about to be thirty-five years old in a month, mm-hmm. and Anthony Davis has a history of injuries. Qu- the questions about the Lakers are more likely to show up in March and April mm-hmm. than right now. Agreed. As the season wears on and fatigue and injuries start to set in, mm-hmm. that's when you'll start to see questions with the Lakers start okay. to pop up. This isn't the time of the year where you expect to see questions with the Lakers. Okay. Denver and Utah, those are teams you expect to see regular season w- games mm-hmm. but and probably have high, fairly high seeds come playoff time, but lack that real top-end talent to get it done. Okay. I guess more interesting when you look at the West from top to bottom is not necessarily the teams, the top eight teams, mm-hmm. but there are a couple of teams on the out, you know, on, on the, the outside. Look at it. Looking at the Spurs at five and five. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Portland at four and seven, OKC at four and seven, and tied with the Knicks for the worst record in the league are the Golden State Warriors at two and nine. Golden State. Is a surprise, but it's not, mm-hmm. considering that Steph is about to, is going to be out for an extended Steph amount of time. Hurt. You knew Clay and not. So with Clay already out, and then Steph going down, on top of that, yeah, they're they're going to lose a lot of games now. So, and fully full, well, well, as healthy, I don't want to say fully healthy, but with their health being expected to have been at least including Steph Curry on the court. Mm-hmm. I had them squeaking into the playoffs, you know, in that six to eight range. Yeah. And then if Clay was healthy, may being dangerous to make a run. Mm-hmm. But with Clay, with Steph being extended, 
out for an extended time. They might as well just shut this season down. Just and get yourself a nice little draft pick. Exactly. You're either player for Weissman or Ball or somebody. You know, mm. one of those top top projections. Who would? Let me ask you. And this is just pure hypothetical, because 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 you you said his name. Would you want the Ball family anywhere near the Golden State Warriors? Specifically, the Golden State Warriors. The Golden, probably, Star, the Golden State not. Warriors. Because you, of because of past history with Dad. Mm-hmm. Although, at this point. It seems that Dad has learned that it's going to be necessary for him to take more of a back seat. Mm-hmm. So it might be a different situation than had he been the year behind Lonzo, mm-hmm. you know. But th- being this many years behind Lonzo, it's like okay, things have had time for mm-hmm. Dad to make his noise blow up, shut up, and almost start to disappear. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I don't think it's big as an issue as it would have been two, three years ago, but. Mm-hmm. So back to back to the West, teams that are on the outside look. Teams on the now, outside looking the, in. Who, the Spurs you mentioned five and five. Spurs five and five. They're Portland, a team four that, and seven. And the Spurs at five and five are a team you would expect to make it interesting all year round. Fight for that seventh eighth spot in a loaded Western Conference. They have one of the best basketball systems, although not necessarily the best talent. So they're a team you expect to float around 500, maybe slightly better, and be in the race for that seventh or eighth seed. So the Spurs are right around where you would expect them to be. Mm-hmm. The Warriors are the big surprise. Well, no, because the, I was about to say the Warriors are the big surprise, but that's injuries, mm-hmm. which would mean the real big surprise at four and seven is Portland. Portland is a team that, I I just don't know at this point because you have one of the two probable. Let's let's make it easy so no one so everyone can be happy. One of the five best point guards in the league and Damian Lillard. Then you have a very capable shooting guard in C.J. McCollum. Being that they're both around 6'3", 6'4", you might have some problems defensively with bigger guards, but they're both very capable. You have some solid bigs, no one really overwhelming, but solid players. And same is true for your wings. You have some solid players, but no one really overwhelming. They were a team – all right, you remember the Iguodala Sixers? Yeah. That was pretty much always stuck in limbo, Mm -hmm. six to eight every year, too good to miss the playoffs, Mm -hmm. too bad bad to really advance. If you're lucky, you might win Mm -hmm. a round. Too good to miss the the playoffs. They they would make the playoffs, Mm -hmm. not get a lottery pick, Mm -hmm. struggle the next year. That, get a lottery pick and be right back in a play, you know. Now, the these Portland Trailblazers in a vacuum are better than those Sixers. Okay. But because of how loaded the Western Conference is, mm. I saw them being basically in the same situation as those Sixers were, where with McCollum and Lillard, you're too good to be excluded from the playoffs and get a lottery pick, but... 
that also means you're too good to get the talent you need to get over the top. To keep getting better. Mm -hmm. So for them, they were a team that I expected to come out better than four and seven. And now this is where, to your point, we're 10 games in and it's a long season. Four and seven is not a death sentence in, in, in the NBA. This is not the NFL. You're four and seven in the NFL. You can't, yeah, you're done. You're done. <laughs> four and seven in the NBA, so what? But you can be 500 by, by next week, you know? So for that standpoint, I am, I'd say they're the big surprise at how sluggish a start they've had. But it's far, far too early to count them out. That being said, Dallas is a little more interesting this year. Mm-hmm. Teams like Phoenix have some young developing talent. Sacramento has some young developing talent. And if you get off to too slow of a start, it's going to be tough to climb back uphill in the Western Conference. So mm-hmm. Right now they're looking at Sacramento at 4-6 and six ahead of them. San Antonio 5-5. Five and five. Minnesota 6-4. and four. Mm-hmm. A lot of people talking about Andrew Wiggins playing a little bit better ball this year. Averaging close to 30 over his last four or five games, something Mm -hmm. like that. Due for a – Andrew Wiggins, this this is kind of that year where it's like, look, get it done or you're you're not – the idea of you ever being a star is over. Mm -hmm. And to this point, he's responding. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think – this is Andrew Wiggins' last chance to ever even get back into the star player conversation. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins a- averaging 26 points a game, five rebounds a game, three assists. Mm-hmm. Play, you know, playing playing good ball. Are you ready? I mean, at this point, you still need to see more, or are you ready to say, hey, man, this is the guy that's turned the corner? No, what I need to see, I what I need to see from Wiggins is consistency. Mm. His talent has never been a question. His motor, his effort, his fight, that dog, those are the things that are questions about Wiggins, and those aren't questions that can be answered in the first seven first games. Yeah. You have to go through some adversity during the, mm-hmm. through the year, some battles, some close games, some you know things like that, battling for playoff seating and guys coming after you. And that's what I'll be sold on. Andrew Wiggins is actually here. This point, it's just a couple of good games from a guy who's always had the talent to do it. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Look, man, let's take a real quick break. We've been talking sports for almost an hour, dude. We're almost at the top of the we're almost at the top of the hour. So let's take a real quick break and we'll come back. Let's shift gears. Let's talk a little football. All right, let's do it. All right, we'll take a real quick break right here on Offense, Defense, and Discourse. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. James Lewis. I've never lived in a city like Phoenix where the downtown is not the center of the city. The, what's popping is out in Scottsdale. That's where everything's popping. That's where all the five-star Twitter restaurants clubs are. are in Scottsdale. The best clubs in towns are in Scottsdale. The best mm. spas are in Scottsdale. If anything, they need to build the arena in Scottsdale and move everything from downtown out to Scottsdale. Yeah, they building the then white you have castles a, Then you have an elite in franchise. Scottsdale. 
next to them next to them carved houses in Camelback Mountain. That's where everything is popping to me from what I've White seen Castles in my two years. It's uh, coming to yeah. Scottsdale. I will be there. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Next to, the, next to the spot is like eight hundred dollars. It don't matter. It $10 don't matter. I'm up, I'm up in that right. piece. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, y'all, we are back. We've been talking a lot of basketball today, but we're going to switch gears a little bit because... Football, the NFL, NBA is just getting warmed up, but the NFL is in full swing. They're in fifth gear on the highway, cruise control. It's bittersweet. You remember all the excitement that we had come the end of August, beginning of September, because football season had finally arrived. Mm -hmm. Football season's half over. That means we're almost at the playoffs. Yeah, true, true, true. You can't lose the excitement yet. It hurts. You can't think about the, the end before the end gets here. No, no, no. You got to enjoy the ride. Uh, I'll enjoy the ride because there's a lot of a lot of good storylines. One storyline played out on Twitter for us. Earlier this week. Well, let's jump in the Wayback Machine. All right? Let's go back in time, my friend. As you tearing up that red cup right there, man, you you doing your thing. You nice right now. Go in. All right, I, I will. Me and Mister Jones met while doing a web show called Sports Shop Philly. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the barber. Shout out to Aton Shander. Shout out to Jeff Mosher, Chris Gregory, that whole crew. While we did that show. While we worked on that show, show you know we we're in a barber shop. You know the whole show was about barbershop conversation about sports and hip hop. Mm-hmm. There was a young boy that used to come into the shop. I can't remember the boy's name, but he was you know good dude. But he was he was a Forty ers fan. He was, and you know he he rode hard for his Niners. Mm-hmm. And he you know he was very high on. The Niners' acquisition of Jimmy Garoppolo. At the time, we were now. This is now. You know, we're going back three, four years now. Three years. Three years, and we had our reservations. 
I had mine. I thought it was a good move. You thought it was a good move? I did. I wasn't sure. I like, I was, I like Jimmy G. I, and, I, 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 I will put it to you like this before, before you make your point. I was more, when I saw that trait, mm-hmm. what I had in my mind was Matt Castle. Matt Castle filled in for for uh, Tom Brady when Tom Brady blew out his knee. Led the Patriots to 11 games. Mm-hmm. Earned himself a starting job. Went to Kansas City. Went to Kansas City, but never really could get, never really could get that traction. Different coach, different yeah. system. Yeah. Not necessarily may have not necessarily been the best fit. And there are throughout the history of the NFL many quarterbacks who you've seen not look good in one coach's system or under mm-hmm. one coach and look, and look, good and look complete, like a completely different player with a different coach mm-hmm. and a different system. Yeah, uh, going in both directions. Mm-hmm. People who've looked good going to a different coach look bad. People who've looked less than good mm-hmm. go to another coach and look, and, and look and, better. And look much better, yeah. It happens right. both ways. I wasn't sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. But unfortunately, he was hampered by injuries over the, pretty much the next two seasons. First year, really being really being healthy, mm-hmm. and 49ers are now eight and one. Now see, so I had to give I had to give young boys props because he believed in it. Now, and, and, but now I'm gonna stop you, okay? Because you maintain our archives, yes. So, at some point before this season started, we made picks to win divisions. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna need you to find my NFC West division pick. Based on the fact that I'm telling you to find it, I'm pretty sure you could guess who it was. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh man. My point being, uh-huh. Garoppolo was actually what three and one with the 49ers last year before he became, went down with injury. Mm-hmm. One is two games with the. Patriots when he started there and what I saw from him more than anything else when he did play was always a smart player who made winning plays I didn't necessarily see Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers Lamar Jackson any of these superstar guys who make you say ooh and ah and drop your jaw five times a game didn't see that Mm -hmm. But I did see a guy who understands football and knows how to win games. Okay. So, so that, when you take mm-hmm. a team like San Francisco mm-hmm. that's been bad since 2015 or so, when mm-hmm. they're four, last four or five years and you've had a lot of top five picks and things like that, mm-hmm. and you've done well with those picks, there's a lot of talent around Jimmy G now. So, you're not asking Jimmy G to go out there and carry a team. You're going out. You're asking them to go out there with a good team mm-hmm. and get the job done. Okay. So that that brings me to the conversation that we saw play out in front of Young Bull and our man Toot <laughs> mm-hmm. went back and forth pretty much all week. But one thing that Toot said, he called Jimmy G a game manager. Now, sir, there 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 is a context. In which that doesn't necessarily have to be an insult or a negative. 
Do you think that this is one of those situations? One, do you agree with two? And two, do you think this is a situation where even if he is a game manager, you know what? It's not that bad. That's, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal at all. Okay. But first I'll say this. If Jimmy G were a game manager, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's the worst thing in the world. Okay. That being said, I do think he's slightly better than a game manager. I just, now I just got done saying I don't think he's the superstar, make you say ooh and ah guy. But he ain't but, a game. He ain't no game manager. Either. But game, first of all, game manager is not an insult. Yeah, being I a mean, game I, I manager, yeah. being a game manager means you understand the game. You're not going to make mistakes. You're going to make plays when you have to. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a game manager, that's a good thing. But you'll also see Jimmy G. You'll go out there and make some really make good plays. throws mm-hmm. and plays, and if, especially if Kittle's out there, who's mm-hmm. a very talented tight end. But now all those good draft well, – not all, but a large majority of those good draft picks mm-hmm. that I was talking about that worked for San Francisco, mm-hmm. those were on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. They now have to build an offense that is able to pl- – I don't want to say play complimentary football because they're doing that now and doing it well, Mm -hmm. but able to expand upon the foundation that they've already built Mm -hmm. and open up the offense. I'll Mm -hmm. say it that way. Mm -hmm. Like they they have the defense that can shut you down, and their offense is functional. It's it's not a dysfunctional offense. Mm -hmm. They lost their one loss went to overtime, and that's with Emmanuel Sanders missing most of that game. Kittle no missing, yeah, Kittle no. missing all of that game. Mm-hmm. Those are Garoppolo's two best weapons missing most or all of that game, and they still get it done, mm-hmm. or almost get it done. They were within a missed field goal of winning that game in overtime. Mm-hmm. So, and Jimmy G didn't miss that field goal. You know, he had his team in position to win that game still. So, you know. From that perspective, for me, I think the 49ers are actually in a very good situation for this year and, honestly, the next four or five years going forward. So that fight we saw – I don't want to call it a fight. Yeah, it wasn't a fight. But, but that back and forth can't, we saw can't on be Twitter. a fight because, what, like, like two is twice young boy's age. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm, let me. <laughs> I want two to come out here. Like, why you calling me old, bro? But no, but it, it it was interesting. It, it was it was interesting and it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. I love other people's Twitter beefs and Twitter conversations and Twitter back and forth. You know, I, I, that entertains me. That's why I always try. And, that's why I always try and encourage you to give people some smoke every now and then. You know, and and and, and you're a good dude. And that you always, you know, you, you turn the other cheek. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you, you won't stoop to that level. I try not to. I, and, I'm and not going to say I won't. I appreciate that. I do. I, I, I truly do appreciate it. And I respect it. Because it's not me. Not even in the least. I, what happened, man? I'm, I got a little distracted because... You know, you red cupping it today, man. 
Hey, man. Cups are red. Cups are white. Mm. It's just a cup. No, no, you, you, you got a cup. <laughs> you, you got a red cup full of that white. Hey, man. That might sound a whole lot of different ways. Uh-huh. It's nothing bad, people. It's, 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 it's nothing bad. Jonesy's in a good place right now. Absolutely. My yeah. birthday was this week. Yo, happy birthday to it's you, It's a celebration. Man. Yes, man. How was your birthday? Did you do anything over Are you Are you one of them people who has like a birthday week, birthday month? You know, people are like, oh, man, it's my birthday month. I'm going to party every day, whatever, whatever. You know, is, is that you? I mean, because I, I see your phone. Your phone been blowing up. People trying, you know, they they, they trying to get on the, the the birthday agenda. I mean, when you're a sex symbol, that's life, you know. I understand. Well, look, I, I'm, I'm I'm a married. I'm a happily married man. I haven't been a sex symbol in probably about 15 years. And there might be people out there, but like, well, you know, when was that? You know, but but nonetheless, what what I mean, what's what's going on? What's what's on what's on the birthday agenda? You you already done you, you already done what you're gonna do? You you partying this weekend? Oh man, I mean, you know, at this point in life, not not trying to go out running around doing too much, mm-hmm. catch up with some friends and yeah. family, and just see what happens, enjoy it as it comes. So, yeah. like like for me, I I'm, it's called a birthday. Mm-hmm. So, if there's something that's going to happen, well, if when you when we are celebrating my birth, it is birthday. We're not going to party the whole month of June. Now, I will say this: I do have something that I like to call the John Brown holiday season because my wedding anniversary is Memorial Day weekend. Okay, the very next week. Is my birthday, mm-hmm. and then two weeks after that is Father's Day. Now we ain't gonna party for that that whole part, you know, that whole period of time. But what I will tell my family is, instead of getting me, you know, getting us three gifts, like you know, I'll get my wife something for our anniversary because you know mm-hmm. it's our anniversary. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. but it's like yeah, that's her anniversary. Yeah, yeah, very true. You know, very true. But. Instead of three gifts, mm-hmm. you can get me one big gift, one thing, and it will encompass all you know all three. I don't need a Father's Day gift, a birthday gift, and an anniversary gift. You know, whether it's like one just awesome weekend, one just awesome day, whatever. But for me, as far as my birthday, you have the day. We gonna get into whatever we gonna get into. On my birthday, the next day is not my birthday. It's just regular old day. It just means three hundred sixty-four days to the next birthday. Okay. Now, for me, mm-hmm. depending what, on what plans are, okay, the day prior to my birthday mm-hmm. could be eventful. Okay. Depending on the scheduling, if it's something that begins ten, eleven o'clock. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good way to open up my birthday. All right. All so right. that pre-day mm-hmm. could get in- included into the celebration. Mm-hmm. 
Once the day, once but once the birthday is over, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Okay. As far as quote unquote birthday stuff. Okay. So what did you get into? Did you did you did you or is that still? Am I old enough to even know? I don't think anyone's old enough to know. Oh boy. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hey, but hey, you know, all jokes aside, though, it was just, you know, some hanging out with friends. Of course, okay. The birthday was on Tuesday night, so you know that being Tuesday, dead in the middle of the week. Yeah. Not, but so much you're gonna do. But that's just, just like, were, were you out there celebrating your birthday this past weekend? Or are you going out this weekend? You you going back out for more this weekend? More birthday partying? Say that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was asking, where are you going? Are you going to do more partying this weekend, or did you do? You get all your your, your celebrations. Got, I've got all that. Okay, all, all, the birthday partying mm-hmm. is out prior to the prior to the okay. Yeah. That being said. Mm-hmm. There are a couple more birthdays in my family during the month. Oh, boy. Okay. So, so there's okay. no real need to extend my particular mm-hmm. celebration. You can as move there on w- to the next birthday. Exactly. And still, and still, okay. And All right. Keep it moving, you know? Keep it moving. Get them red cups out, you know what I mean? Why ever put them away? That is true. That's a very good, see, that's a very good point. I'm, I'm being good, y'all, because you're sitting there. You hear the cup in the background. You hear the cup. You hear the ice. I, I got nothing. I, I I got nothing. I'm chilling right now. <laughs> I'm chilling because right now I, I I don't need that. Got other thing. I got other things I need to do. But let's get back to this football talk though. Let's jump back. Let's jump right back into the football. Talks about 49ers. Eight and one right now. How at at this point? Record wise, yes, best team in the uh, NFC. Mm-hmm. Are they the best team in the NFC? No. Who is? I have no idea. Mm. I have no idea, but... Okay, let me let me throw out Green Bay Packers. We'll, we'll, we'll put it to like this. Packer, 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 okay. th- I, I, I'll give you a group of teams okay. that are, that are on the in the conversation. Saints, mm-hmm. and you absolutely have to factor in what they did with and without Breeze in the lineup. Okay. That speak without speaking to how complete of a team they are, not just a one man Drew Breeze carry the the show type of team they were as in a couple years ago, they are a more complete, more balanced team. Mm -hmm. So, Saints, Niners, Seahawks, Packers, the Vikings with the caveat that Kirk Cousins is still likely to fold in the playoffs if you can, but their O-line has been protecting him. And that's the thing. We what we say with Kirk Cousins is if you give him protection, he can pick you apart. But if you get to him, he'll fold. Mm-hmm. They've been doing a good job of protecting him and keeping him from being exposed so that he hasn't been put in those situations over the last few weeks where he is likely to fold. So 
if they can continue doing that, then you have to include the Vikings as well. Okay. So, so let me so let me throw a name out for you. And might as well just say it: Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. And see, if you notice, I intentionally did not mention either of the NFC contender, NFC East, East contenders, yeah. right now. Because what I'm seeing from both of them are flawed football teams that, while they're capable of getting hot, they – I don't like either of their chances of making a deep playoff run. Mm -hmm. So – Yeah, Cowboys – and Eagles right now, I – and while the Eagles do seem to be getting a little healthier and have looked better in the last couple weeks, mm-hmm. and their schedule also gets easier once you get past the Seattle game, mm-hmm. and the Cowboys' schedule gets harder during the second half of the season, it's it, – the Eagles, I think, are lacking some talent on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys, I think, are lacking some talent on the sidelines. If you put so you're putting the Cowboys' struggles on Jason Garrett, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Their defense, which has talent, mm-hmm. has been underperforming. That I I don't know where to put that, but on the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And if I'm putting it on the coaching staff, it has to go has to, to the, start head with the head coach. Okay. You think it's time for a change? It's been time for a change for five years. Like, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and this is purely opinion, Jason Garrett still has a job because he's willing to acquiesce to Jerry Jones with mm-hmm. pretty much whatever Jerry Jones wants. And guys who had the fortitude to stand up to Jones didn't last long in Dallas. No. No. Agreed. Agreed. Let's move over to the AFC. Got New England, got Baltimore up at the top. Baltimore, they're an interesting case. Because they're a team that I think is capable of beating most, if not everyone in conference. Mm -hmm. That being said, there are two things that worry me about Baltimore. Lamar Jackson is always one play away from being broken. Similar to what happened to RG3, mm-hmm. when you play that style at quarterback, you're always one play away from being broken. The other thing is that having shown as much as what they showed to New England in a regular season game, should they have to face Bill Belichick's defense again in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I don't think it would go that way again. Mm-hmm. So... Based on two, those two things, if they have to see New England again, it could be bad. Mm-hmm. But if Jackson stays healthy and they're not having, they don't, they can get a path that does not include New England. They have as good a shot as anybody in the AFC. Okay. Other also in the AFC, got Houston at six and three, Buffalo at six and three, KC at six and four. Mm-hmm. KC, they they need help defensively. 
I don't know what happened. I can't say I don't know what happened to the trade line deadline. They weren't necessarily big spenders at the trade deadline, and I don't know if they felt they needed to be. Mm-hmm. But they just lost a game where they gave up 35 points to Tennessee. Tennessee was quarterbacked by Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill was not good enough to quarterback the Miami Dolphins. Think about that, what I just said. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they're going to fix it, but Kansas City has to do to something it. on with their defense if they want to maximize the potential that that offensive team has. Mm-hmm. You know, that we mentioned the term earlier, complementary football. Your defense and your offense have to work together. Yep. And sure, if your offense can score 40 points a game, your defense doesn't need to keep people to three points every game. But you can't give up 35 points to Tennessee and expect to win or mm-hmm. expect to be a championship contender. Agree. Agree. So what about Houston? What about uh, – let's see what else we got there. Houston and Buffalo. Buffalo's uh, kind of come back down to earth. Lost two games to – lost to the Eagles. Then came back, lost to uh, – sorry. Had it right here in front. Lost to the Eagles. And then lost to – boom, boom, boom. So – what we're looking at, though, in the AFC yeah. is, in my opinion, mm-hmm. New England versus the Pack. Okay. So, no matter who you ask me about in the AFC, because, I mean, honestly, let's be be realistic about mm-hmm. it. There are Houston, O-line problems, defensive problems. Mm-hmm. You've got who else? that we even think of as a threat. Baltimore, we just talked about them. I think they're real, but I don't think they want to see New England again. Okay. New England, Kansas City has defensive problems, and who else is even worth talking about in the AFC? You tell me. I mean, the ja- me. you were talking about the Jaguars, the Colts. Oh. Um, I mean, the, the Raiders, the Broncos. These are the teams we're looking at in the AFC. Jacksonville four and five, Char- Chargers four and six. You know, Raider, Indy five and four. Jacoby Brissett's been banged up, missed the game. Uh, just missed the game. Oakland five and four. You know, I don't know. I mean, after, I mean, honestly, when you look at the AFC, it's New England, Baltimore, and then the rest of the league. Mm-hmm, exactly. That, and the, that's kind of what I mean. Then, and I'd say you got New England and Baltimore, and then just below them, I'll give you Kansas City, and then the rest of the conference. Because Kansas City offensively is so explosive that it's 
not a lot of teams in the AFC that are going to be able to put that are going to be able to keep up with them either. It's going to be a great NFL weekend. We got a lot of games on the schedule. It promises to be a lot of fun, but it is time for us to get out of here. Just a reminder: you can follow us on Twitter, o underscore d underscore discourse. Make sure you tweet us and let us know what you think of this show. Hey, Mike Jones and I will be back next week on another edition of Offense, Defense, and Discourse. Have a great weekend, y'all. You feel this podcast to hear this and more go to soundcloud.com slash bitw sports or on itunes or apple Podcasts and search best in the world sports the proceeding was a production of the lance j radio network and best in the world sports a division of definitive visions multimedia the opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of lance j radio network or nbc sports radio